Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Book the bunny down. Book the bunny down. Book the bunny down. Book the bunny down. Box. Hello and welcome to Con Air, the podcast. I am Mark Clever Hoffmeyer. And I'm Jay. No, it's clever. <laughs> Welcoming you aboard Con Air, the podcast, chapter 33 on this show. Mark and I fly our way through Con Air, scene by scene. Uh, it's, some... it's, how's that a response? You just shot it. No, that's clever. Like, we'll I'm... get we'll get to it. <laughs> how's that? I, didn't, I didn't know that was going to be your intro. I hoped that was going to be your intro so I could then retaliate. Uh, so that, that worked out nicely. Anyway, this is chapter 33 of Conair. What happens in chapter 33 of Conair? Well, the jailbird flies away from Lerner Airfield whilst the consort board dance to Sweet Home Alabama. In the hole, Diamond Dog finds Casey's letter to her father and gives it to Cyrus, who aims to weed out the traitor on the plane by threatening to shoot Guard Bishop. ABO confesses and literally takes the bullet for Poe as Cyrus reads the letter and Malloy's helicopter approaches from behind. So we need a guest to help us talk about this chapter. So this is our second, but not last, contributor from Fresh Sunday joining us today. Also from Yes Please Vintage is Lindsay Street. Lindsay, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Thrilled to have you on board today. The FT- FTS crew representing. Hell yeah. Who? Are, it, what do you mean by today? Is there? Did you? We've did we've you had Nick on, well? and Jess will be on at some point. Did you record multiple today? No, 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 no. Oh, oh, okay. Sorry, sorry. I get you now. Have I been on this podcast before? You've been on Deep Blue Sea, the podcast, yeah. but not uh, not Con Air, the podcast. So you I, joined us. I had a real, I had a real moment because I watched rewatched the movie, and I have I rewatched it fairly recently, and I was like, did I do prep for this podcast and not go on it? Like, is that a real thing that happened? This is this is the earliest we've had you scheduled. So okay, we, all right. We would have I'm loved just... to have had you on an earlier chapter. So I swore a... I swore I was going to come on and talk about the scene with the kid, but I don't know. I had I had like a whole brain moment that I was like, did I do well, this? Or you, no? you do get the, the the final scene with the kid. She's in this moment. She's in. We get a, a brief glimpse of this child. So let's start with this oh, child. Yeah. Oh, do you yeah, think this true. child is real? What's your theory, sir? Yeah, is she fake? Is it a figment of Garland Green's imagination? Is she a real child that's just running feral in this trailer park? Did she survive the cartel? Like, who is this kid? What are you? Damn, think? you guys are you guys are busting this wide open because I did not <laughs> even consider that for a moment, and that, that's pretty great. Yeah, because when this kid shows up, 
it's it's so perplexing. But so many moments are perplexing in this film that I don't think it's necessarily out of character that this random child is roaming the desert. Okay, but... So my so my my pet theory is that this is uh, all in Garland Green's head. This is the 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 first murder that he committed was this little girl in his childhood trailer park that he grew up in. So and he he's... just gets the doll like just he just sees a doll. He finds a doll and that like snaps him back to this memory of of his first childhood kill and he relives <laughs> out that moment where he would have killed her and this time he doesn't kill her which makes it okay that he's free at the end. Wow. The streets. Fair, fair enough. This is all okay. backpedaling from I didn't want this to be a happy ending and he's not on some murder spree. <laughs> <laughs> How do we make that this, happen? This is a real like wipe like woof moment because when you see her running out you're like mm-hmm. oh okay i can enjoy this movie like if, the last we saw was the the gently rocking broken cup <laughs> if we never see this girl again the movie is done like i'm just gonna be like he just he just murdered a child like in the middle of a a, a scene like the, this would not the the momentum would halt right here for me i think if they actually went there so i was very happy to see this kid alive very happy. Yes, yes, agreed. Same. I don't I was... know, controversial yet brave opinion. I I think they should have went for it. <laughs> <laughs> he just to Garland and he's wearing her head as a hat. Full, <laughs> full, full fully that, off of it. That would have worked better, Jay, now that you say it. Like, if he just walked onto the plane with a skin mm-hmm. mask of a child... Yeah. Then I'll like, oh. sack with her head. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like he's walking around with the head swinging it, like Sweet Home Alabama. He's up there dancing with Sally Can Dance with the he, head. He's delivering his irony line, like just with the, the skin on his face. <laughs> he's using her combing as a the hair. Deliver. She's combing the hair of the decapitated head. <laughs> see, if it went that far, it works. But if you right. never see her again, then it doesn't work. Yeah, so, 100%. Oh, so. Oh my goodness. See, you changed my mind, Lindsay. Like, that's. <laughs> yeah, but it has to go for it. Like, it has to. Like, that movie, I Saw the Devil, they find a body in a lake and they put a head in a box, but then the guy trips and then the head rolls out of the box and just goes right in front of the dad of the woman whose head it is. Like, and it's so disturbing that you kind of laugh because you're like, yeah. that's. They went there. Yeah. What's a better scene? He's talking to them about the irony or he's dancing with Sally can dance. I don't know. I like the irony line because it made me realize I was like, I don't think I actually know what irony means. It doesn't mean this. I've listened to uh, too much Alanis Morissette and watched too many movies to really know what the, no one can know. Honestly, I don't think at, at the heart of it, any of us really know what irony means anymore. And you know what? Maybe we'll never figure it out. Well, that I, Alanis Morissette song. <laughs> Like, nothing is ironic is it, in, in well, is there, like the guy who wanted never wanted to fly but then flew and then it crashed that's ironic right nope no what nope. is that nope just bad luck bad luck I, yeah, ironic I think it, it's, it is ironic yeah it's like that's pretty ironic dude never flew then he flew and he crashed like that's there's, there's a, irony you, there yeah there's like a few definitions of irony is there not I, I well the one that I think is that what you're doing, you, you aim to do something, and you doing that thing ultimately causes the opposite effect. Isn't that exactly the guy on the plane, then? Well, no, because he's, well... He aims it, to, like, fly. 
Oh, I guess what you mean is... Okay. Yeah, I, see, I'm I trying to think of an example. I can't think of one. Like They say like a clown's funeral is, is ironic. It's like clowns are supposed to make you happy and it makes you sad. I don't know. Uh, but I don't think Garland Green's example is ironic because of the people dancing on a plane to a song made famous by people dying in a plane crash. Firstly, that statement is incorrect. The song... Uh, was famous before the plane crash. The song came out in 1974. The plane crashed in 77. Uh, I've had a Linux skin a day today, just just so you know. I mean, this is all I've been doing today is is researching this and this plane crash. So the the song hit like number eight on the US charts before the plane crash. That was it was the most popular like southern rock song. I think was what the description I found for it. Uh, so him saying it was made famous by them. Oops. But yeah, I, I don't made, think. What people... if he said made really famous? I mean, possibly. I'm not sure how to quantify that. Uh, but I don't think people dancing to a song sung by people who died in a plane crash whilst they're on a plane is ironic. I think that's just like that's odd, but not not ironic. I think it I just proves that, like Lindsay said, no one really knows what irony is. Like <laughs> the other coach Beard got irony wrong on Ted Lasso. Like no Jamie, one can ever know. Like Jamie called him out for it, and that's insane that Beard didn't know what messed up irony. So it's kind of to each their own. Okay. Like a fly landing <laughs> in my new Chardonnay. That's not ironic. That's just kind of gross. But most of the things in the ironic song are just bad luck. <laughs> well, isn't like... it bad luck? That was the original title, and then the producer's <laughs> like, just switch it to ironic. There's the the comedian Ed Byrne has a. Uh, a whole whole act about going through the ironic lyrics and the uh, traffic jam when you're already late is only ironic if you're a town planner. I think it's his it's his line in there. Like it's not it's just somebody being a traffic jam when they're late. That's not ironic. But if you're the person who designed where the traffic would go, then yeah, that adds some irony to it. And then that made them late. Yeah. That goes yeah. too deep. That's right. Well, the the the. The irony that I've found is, let, let's dig into the plane crash, shall we? Let's talk about the Leonard Skinner plane crash a little bit, because I have a page of notes on the Leonard Skinner plane crash. Someone who was supposed to have been on that plane was one of their backup singers. It was Jojo something. Her name was Jojo something. Uh, she was not on the plane because she was at a drug rehabilitation center, uh, because she was having side effects from substance abuse. So the irony there is doing drugs saved her life, because... Uh, she was supposed to be on there, but she wasn't because she was sick. Anyway, that's the only irony I, I could find in the situation. But this plane crash is nuts. Uh, <laughs> one of the survivors uh, was Artemis Pyle, who was the Linus Skinner drummer. And in 2020, he was heavily involved in the making of the film Street Survivors, the true story of the Linus Skinner plane crash. So there's a bunch of podcasts out there with him promoting this film three years ago. Listen to one today. It's mainly his side of the story. Uh, but so it's because there's a whole, there's a whole lot of controversy with this. Uh, but he his dad was a pilot. His dad died in a plane crash. This guy has been in three plane crashes. <laughs> Which wow! Is like one awful three. Stop getting in planes. Is he like Stop. Bruce Willis from Unbreakable or something? I, I, think, just... I think so. Yeah, there's a Mr. Glass out there trying to cause all this. So the plane that they got on, uh, a few of like shortly before they they went on, they they flew in it. Aerosmith was supposed to ride in it, and they looked at the plane, met the crew, saw that the crew were sharing a bottle of Jack Daniels prior to a flight, 
this is the pilots, by the way. And they were like, oh, no, thank you. And they turned it down. Uh, Leonard Skinner's team did not do that. Leonard mm. Skinner's crew were like, this plane will be fine. Uh, they all set, they all knew the plane was in bad shape. They were flying to Baton Rouge. They had planned to, at Baton Rouge, and ditch the plane, get a new one, or fix the plane up. They also all knew there was not enough fuel on board to get them to Baton Rouge. What? <laughs> the pilots, the crew, the band, this is all according, Artemis Paul, was all according to him. They all knew that there wasn't enough fuel on there. And so when the plane ran out of fuel and crashed, they all were like, yeah, this this was the plan, <laughs> pretty much. Uh, it's it's nuts. But then if you listen to him, he, he blames their entire staff for like not doing these safety checks, not letting them have an ulterior motive for maybe wanting to kill the band. I don't know. There's a whole, it's a whole thing. But yeah, it's 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 bizarre that what happened. Like they lost half of the band in this in this crash. Uh, the lead singer Ronnie Van Zant, he was planning to divorce his wife upon landing. He had the divorce papers on the plane, but they he did wasn't able to serve the divorce papers because he died. So she has made so much money off this plane <laughs> crash, by not being divorced and yeah, it's. Oh, it's is this a, thing. a, tra- is this want... a trailer for your like unofficial <laughs> Leonard Skinner plane crash conspiracy theory podcast or something? Unofficial. <laughs> Jay, you wanted to get that off your shoulders. I yeah, tell, you've this is the first time that uh, you've just had to read something. You were like, I need to get this out there in the world. You read but, that I mean, Wikipedia page and you were like, no one's around, but I'm gonna be on this phone call and I'm gonna let everybody know what I heard. <laughs> I mean, I I went I read the Wikipedia page and then sought out a podcast. So that's that's how far I went. Ah oh, man, well Aerosmith is smart. I'm glad that they didn't get on there. But we, they, I mean, they if they got on, on that edge. plane, if they on that plane, the cons would have been dancing to walk this way. That would have been <laughs> like, what, their biggest song before the plane crash. Oh gosh. Or and then, Dream on. I don't know. Dream. Probably danced to Dream on that well. Everyone on the plane just dancing to Dream on. Really slowly. Just this kind of vibing on the plane. <laughs> I, Skinner, uh, just... this is a good usage of Skinner. Like I love him in Devil's Rejects. I remember in Elizabethtown, there's a full-on Freebird performance. They've they've been Talladega Nights has some Freebird. Yeah, Freebird's in 33 different films or TV shows. <laughs> Sweet Home Alabama, wow. 72. 72. They've they've never said no. I think. I mean, it's money, right? It's money each time you do it. Yeah. Sorry, my my, my biggest thing about the, the plane crash, the the brand of plane was a Convair. Convair was the name of the plane, and then it's in Conair. Wait. Ah. Really? Yep. Whoa. Plane brand was C O N V A I R. Convair C V two forty, and then. They talk about the plane crash in Conair. It's all connected. I've got a board with strings on it. <laughs> this is some Da Vinci Code stuff right here. We need Ron Howard, you, Tom Hanks to go make this movie. Jojo Billingsley, that was her name, was the, the backup singer. Let's do it. You know, this anyway. is a good chapter, though, because it resets it resets Cyrus the virus. Because for several chapters, he's sort of the cool guy. And then this one, you're like, oh, no, he's horrible. Like, he's always been horrible, but in this one, he just straight up, mur- like, shoots Baby O in the chest. So it's kind of nice to have, like, amp up the stakes at this point. Like, and to remind us that he's on a plane with a bunch of killers. 
because you kind of forget that for a little while. That's very true about what they like, because uh, there's only like this brief moment of levity on the plane, which is why I also don't mind the song use, because I feel like those people would have used that song in this movie. I do not like the music as a whole on this movie at all. Um, but <laughs> Wait, the, the, the songs or the score or both? The Country songs. Music? This, okay. this, well, just the the songs. Um, <laughs> I did like the score. It's fine. But yeah, I, I like Cyrus. I mean, I think that Malkovich is one of the better, like, well, there's so many performances in this. It's so hard for me to get behind uh, Cage in this. But I get it, and I don't, you know what I mean? Where I'm like, oh, okay. But every time he talks, it's so funny. Like, it's just hilarious. Like, I want to know more about the dialogue, di- like, dialect coach there. Um, because I'm not really sure what he's doing. But he's, I know this is, like, not my chapter, but he says toothpaste at one point in the movie, and I, like, laugh for 40 minutes. <laughs> but um, the, But Cyrus in this scene has one, you guys, like, mentioned it obviously in your intro but that line made me like laugh out loud like very hard when he says now that's clever because it's so stupid yeah. and he's, he's supposed to be so like you know brilliant that's <laughs> like what that is not clever at all but it was well, that, very funny that's something oh. we've, we've come to realize is that he's he's great at planning things like he's planned this whole thing when he has time he's smart when he's like on the spot he's awful because when when well, he's been locked up in the cage, uh, the the guard Falzon has some a nice repartee, and Cyrus can just like smile back at him. Like, but this oh, is kind of like this is kind of key for these people, right? That like these characters in movies where it's like, oh, he's he's got two degrees, so like <laughs> <laughs> he must be a genius. Um, so I think they kind of play that well, where it's like he thinks he's very smart, and like other people around him buy into that uh, that lore. And, but he's not actually like that smart. He's clearly got a lot of uh, things he he doesn't have a lot of foresight for. But um, I I just enjoy I enjoy the levels of masculinity in this film. And uh, full disclosure, I've been watching re- I've been going through the entire Fast and the Furious franchise to lead, and I've never seen it before. And nice. it's it's kind of all I want to talk about. Similar to uh, you're Jay. on the right show. Yeah. So, similar to Jay and his Leonard Skinner Wikipedia article, <laughs> but um, just I've been rank them. Gr- rank, rank what are your? What, how would you rank them so far from what you? Oh, oh, Where are you okay. up to? So I'm on uh, eight. So I'm very. I I've been desperate to watch Hobbs and Shaw because I think I need it as a palate cleanser at this point. I do like them all, but I need I need some jokes, and I think okay. So I'm like not finished eight, so I'll, I won't count that. Okay. I don't. I'm. I don't even think it's a hot take, but Tokyo Drift might be the best one. Yeah, you're, yeah. you're talking to Mark's the only best friend, I think. Yeah. I mean, I really think it might be the best one. It's it's also I like in Tokyo Drift that you think I don't know, like going into it, I was like one, I really had low expectations of so perhaps that helped. Two, I was like, okay, cool, they're gonna drift their cars, whatever, right? But, like, the drifting's pretty funny. cool. <laughs> like, I really enjoyed watching them do it and, like, the mechanics of it. And then the end chase sequence or the end, like, downhill race is really fun. And then after that, I don't know. I don't want to say they, like, they muddle together. But, you know, obviously Vin Diesel is really, you know, building this story, <laughs> this soap opera. So the plot lines do kind of run together for me. I like when 
The Rock is introduced later. I think The Rock, it seems very obvious to me why, like, The Rock and Statham got a spinoff, because it seems like such a breath of fresh air compared to the rest of, like, what the cast is allowed to do and say. Tyrese and Ludacris, I get it. They have some, they get to have their banter. Whether or not it's actually funny is for another debate. But don't you huh. Don't you huh. I I agree with you, Lindsay. Yeah, like, I love Roman, and I love Tej, but to each their own. These movies are so different, so it's all good. Roman, my least yeah. favorite character in the franchise. <laughs> but I don't know. I'm trying to think if I can, like, keep – how I can keep ranking. Because I don't – like, sometimes I'll remember a sequence, and then I don't remember what it's from. But I love that like, your ranking is three and then the rest. That's such a, a was, unique perspective on the franchise. Two and three are my favorite I mean, by far. By, two and three are my favorite by, like, a mile. And then it it's the rest out. Yeah, it stands out as one of the better, like, front-to-back movies, as far as that's concerned for me. Because, like, once they do the heist, which I feel like is five? Is Fast Five the heist? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. the bank heist. Bank vault. After that, they are given... I know we are not on a Fast and the Furious. Yeah, we are. Yes, we We often are. It's fine. But, like, after five, the funniest thing to me, like, the thing I enjoy the most, is that every new installment... They just get new skills. Like, no one talks about it. We don't get one line where they just met. You know how easy it would be if, they, if like, you know, Ludacris started hacking and they were like, whoa, man, where'd you learn to do that? And he's like, what do you think I've been taking all those night classes for? Done. Nope. They don't, we don't even get that. We don't need that. He just is now a hacker. And that is my favorite part because every time somebody learns how to fight, I don't know. They could just say Michelle Rodriguez learned it when she was brainwashed, but we don't get that. So, or I'm sorry, she had amnesia. Yeah. She that had one-punch KOing people in the first one. But the, yeah, the but first one's about stolen lot. The yeah. first one's about stolen DVD players as well. Like, compare that to... Like, I almost spoke with the most recent one. Uh, but yeah, compare that to the ridiculous heists and saving the world and stuff that they get in the later ones. Yeah, Isn't this every fran- doesn't every franchise ever made get more and more insane? Do they right, all but, stay... But few, so few, I would argue the stakes get bigger, but in this franchise in particular, they give them, they imbue them with skills they have never had, nor yeah. do they explain them. Like, it happens, I'm not, it's not even a joke, it happens every time. And then they also, like, change allegiances very, like, without oh, yeah. any of our knowledge, we're not really privy to why that happens, nor do we need to be, I suppose, in this universe. They defy physics at one point so substantially one, that uh, after sorry. that... At one point. <laughs> I mean, what, what? like, I'm saying that, like, I think that when it, like, it oh. really goes over it is the jumping off the bridge. When they go off the bridge and they land, I definitely had to Google, like, how far off the ground can you be before you jump into water and don't die? <laughs> and then, at, so, like, after that, it's just like, okay, well, all bets are off, so I can't really look at this through the same lens. And now I'm on eight, and that's the Charlize Theron one. And... I, this one's directed by F. Gary Gary, and I F. feel Gary like he Gary, should yeah. really, 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 really direct a Marvel film, because this whole film feels very much like it's an Avengers movie, and he does a good job with it, but it's so jarring that it's like, I don't know, there's, all, there's a lot going on, there's a lot going on, but I do like, I'm partial to fighting sequences, like I like fighting action movies, so like an eight, the prison break is like been a highlight for me. I think that was a really well-crafted scene, but again, that was like the rock and Statham. So I get it. I get why they're so likable. 
Also, knowing all the behind the scenes beef is really funny to me. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Candy ass. Go Vin. Listen, Dwayne Johnson was not, he wasn't like, he was on a bad run going up to Fast Five. Vin brings, brings him into Fast Five, blows him up, and then Dwayne Johnson's calling him out on Instagram a couple films later. It just kills me. And I guess Dwayne said he shouldn't have done that, but well, he brought think- a lot of drama into the Fast world. And this is Vin's world. I mean, like Tom Cruise probably wouldn't allow someone yeah. to come in and take over um i think it is my understanding though that vin diesel is like a nightmare person but he makes the studio so much money that they like keep green light like putting the green light up and it does track that like vin diesel is constantly like not in shape when production starts and like basically it tracks to me that like the rock is on top of it and like is annoyed that they have to like I've heard he's like a massive diva, basically, Vin Diesel. Not that I'm sure they're all very diva-ish, but it seems very funny to me that, like, I think that he did give him a boost, but it's it's undeniable to me that, like, I would rather watch, like, The Rock do anything than watch Vin Diesel in these, like, I can't handle him in these movies. Like, he's too... He can't even give himself like a moment of levity. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's why I, I, I love uh, like that's why I love Roman like Too Fast Too Furious. Like Roman and Brian, they're just idiots. Like they're fighting. He's like, you still fight like crap. You know, like, I using do jujitsu and yeah, like they have yeah. a real like they're friends. They're like best friends. And at the end of Too Fast Too Furious, they do a super jump, but then they're too injured to get out of their car. <laughs> and yeah. Eva Mendes has to save them. Like that's I what I, I kind of like. I do like when they let Brian do that i also like have a problem that he was in so many movies this is my problem with paul walker is that he was in so many movies but like in between he didn't decide to like take an acting class or like you know learn to be a better actor i don't know it like it really bugs me that like he is so wooden and boring (laughs) i don't care who knows it it's just like these people okay sorry everybody else is like so charismatic in the cast that it bothers me oh gosh i think he's great no. I guess we're just watching different movies, but the I mean, same. He's, he's we're, we're, supposed actually, to we're be. two completely different people watching the same movie, so we're maybe, not going to have the maybe. same exact feeling about it. But you think Paul Walker is charismatic? Yeah, like so. Watching Running Scared, watching The Hours, like he's really good at the freak out, and he grounds the movies. I think his athleticism in the movies are really good. I think his kind of aw shucks in the first one works well. In the second one, him and Brian, like Roman, I think have a lot of fun. Four, I think, isn't the strongest all around, so I can't talk about that. But five, when just like his interactions with Dom, when he when he talks about being a dad and then in six. Oh, boy, that scene. I had to rewind that scene 30 times when he says, I remember everything about my father. We like laughed so hard at that scene. Barbecues, you know, like helping my sister Mia. Like, I just think what I like about Brian is he grounds it like he, he he's like. While Hobbs is picking people up with one arm, a 250-pound person with one arm and throwing them into the ceilings in Fast 6, Brian sort of has to scrap and, like, use jujitsu And, like, he always – I think he helped keep the franchise to being absolute, utter ridiculousness. So then he, without his presence powers? there – Did he, like, gain powers in the, well, the films at all, or did he just like, kind of like a guy? Well, he – like, in 6, right? In 6, he – so in the first one, he wasn't that great of a driver, but he practiced lots. Two comes by, he becomes a street racer over the course of a year because time, like time, like it takes a little while. Then he goes in four, which is years later. So he's had time to drive and like become an officer. So he's already skilled by five and six. Like, I don't know. There's like a callback to too fast, too furious. He knows how to get rid of that thing. But he's never the one who like 
does the super i mean aside from five the car surfing but yeah he never starts hacking or he never starts six is the one where he goes back to prison to punch shea wiggum in the nose again i think yeah and beat up that was was my first one that was the first film i saw was six i I really that's the one that starts off with like this recap of the previous five films i've really appreciated that (laughs) <laughs> no, he's good. Like he takes down. Like in the first one, he uses jujitsu. In the Fast and Furious, too Fast and Furious, he uses like he he has to like use jujitsu to beat villains in it. Yeah. So he, well, I'm not gonna argue with you about the character. I'm gonna yeah. argue with you that Paul Walker as an actor is like watching a board. Like he's not. <laughs> I, I'm I'm trying to be nice, but I think he's like very okay for the like little he has to do. Like he's good looking, but like that's maybe the extent of where it stops for me is like, I'm just like, this guy can't emote at all. Like when he gets to be silly, it's the best, but it's almost jarring seeing him laugh because you're like, what's happening now. It's like seeing the animatronic like wig out for a second. Um, that's how you I can know. tell he loves Tyrese. Cause like their scenes together, like in six, when he calls him the blonde and they just laugh like those. Yeah. It's nice when he can cut loose, but I think Vin yeah. definitely likes these things to be a little bit more serious. Then. I think Vin I think Vin likes himself to be serious. Like I think he has a very distinct idea of what Dominic or like who Dominic Toretto is, but the fact that it like he never strays from it over the maybe it's just the problem with like binging them all. So like if you're watching them singular like in a singular movie, it maybe is like a little bit more like uh consumable, but when you're watching it like all together, you're like, Man, this guy this guy's a lot. And you know what though? I, I think you're I, I just had to – I'm watching them now, and I have to analyze every single NOS usage, every single gear shift, every single butt shot, every fight, every theft. So I've had to, like, pull all the data from yeah. all the Fast movies. And uh, I definitely learned that I like the earlier ones better. But 4 is not great. Yeah, if 4 I, I don't remember very much. Yeah, I'm a defender of 4. I really liked 4 when, it, when I – I've only seen what it What happens – who's the – who's like, what happens in 4? They – it's like the reboot where they Letty dies, they introduce Han. And you, I remember seeing Han for the first time. And I was like so happy. Also, I love Justin Lin, the director. But then yeah, like, they, I like Justin Lin too, and I miss he, Han. He, they go he, undercover. Han too. was a grounding character yeah. that had charisma. Not him Paul and Giselle Walker. in five. Yes. Him and Giselle. Oh my gosh. Yeah. When he's crying about Giselle in six. Ugh. And also, I'm sorry. <laughs> am I supposed to believe that? Cheers. Okay, so, Everything happens before Tokyo Drift, but the scene in Tokyo Drift I remember is like he's like I'm driving to get girls, and that's like right after she dies, right? Yeah, I, I, circle back around he's, after you've seen nine. Yeah, he's he's like I think he's just given up. I think in Tokyo Drift, and then he finds Lucas Black as a guy to like kind of take under his wing. Maybe he reminds him of his old crew, so I think that gives him a purpose again. Yeah. But yeah, he's he's straight up like womanizing in Tokyo Drift. It just, they, yeah, and also like not that it should be expected, but just they could give like like okay, Michelle Rodriguez is like obviously like an insanely capable action star, but her plot lines are so sad. <laughs> like yeah. they're they're so upsetting. They can't like make she doesn't feel like a member of the team. It's just like they have her around and like for three movies, she can't remember what she's doing. So I, it's just terrible to like, it's upsetting to watch that. And then I feel the worst by far for like Jordana Brewster's character who they show can race. And like, then they're just like, Nope, she's never allowed to join us ever again. 
and she's just completely sidelined. And then eventually they're just like, yeah, you can't like, you just can't come back because Paul Walker can't come back. The nice thing about nine is she gets a big old kitchen fight and her and Letty just drive. A oh, lot. she's in nine. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. And so she gets like a, she gets a big time kitchen fight. And like right. She's actually like a fighter now. That's her new skill. Okay. So yeah. 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 And then she wasn't written in the 10, but Vin Diesel's like, we need her. And so then they wrote her in, and then Justin Ling quit, and then they brought in Louis, what, Leterrier, the guy who directed The Transporter. Maybe that's why yeah. Statham's back. Yeah, that's... another thing, Justin Lin quit and basically said that the movie wasn't worth his mental health. I think yeah. that Vin Diesel is the problem, I'm just going to say it. I, I do like the franchise in spite of Vin Diesel, and Louis yes. Leterrier is the reason why I'm not necessarily looking forward to The Fast Step, because I don't yeah. think he's a good director. Uh, but yeah, Vin Diesel, I, I, someone needs to sit him down and say, it's okay for your character to lose a fight now and then. Right, exactly. It's, it gets, you know, when I, he gets to nine, it gets ridiculous, the, the fights he's not losing. It's also it's frustrating like, because I know that Vin Diesel is charismatic, if that makes, like, I, I, like, in other pitch things. black, right? Like, remember sure. him back in the day? And he, like, he has one scene where he gets, like, mad about his daughter, and it's so brief, but he, like, you know, has this like scream, this like guttural, and I'm like, there you go. Like, we just want to see anything. We, I want to see him have any emotion other than like just stoic, weird hero guy that never right. changes. Because there's been so many movies, there's a chance for some growth there, and it doesn't have to be wildly out of character. You're gonna like this. I have a data article coming out because I had to. I was like, well, I'm going through all the fast movies. I might as well watch every Vin Diesel movie and see how many sleeveless shirts he wears in each of them and catalog oh. the different variations. Oh, please, yes. And so, because you know, he started off in the '90s with like his. He was selling toys with sleeveless shirts, and his movie Strays, he had sleeveless. Like that's his whole gimmick. So I charted how many there are in each one, what color they are, and I have some really good data coming out soon about his sleeveless shirts in his movies. Oh, I can't wait because that's. Yeah. Yeah, we, we, we look for that. <laughs> so, that How would you great. rank Nicolas Cage's sleeveless shirt wear, like with his shoulders exploding out of that tank top in this movie? How would you I, rank it? I think he looks pretty great body-wise in this. I do think it's like a crime, like whoever made him, like, he, this is actually very similar to how I feel about Vin Diesel in that neither of them have, like, any sex appeal, in my opinion. Like, it's absurd. It's like only a man would be, like, only a straight man would look at it and be like, yeah, okay, this guy, sure. Because, like, when I, it's similar to how I feel about Nick Cage when I see Vin Diesel have any sort of romantic scene with someone, I just feel so bad for them. I say, get away. Like, yeah, like, I'm just like, man, they're really giving it their all. And, like, it, in Nick Cage, I know this is, like, again, not my scene, but when he has to, like, kiss monica potter on the dance floor that's so upsetting you know we had a guest recently who said this is the hottest nick cage has ever been is in this film i would i'll so. agree with that i'm not gonna say that i mean I, i'll say this is the hottest he's probably ever been but you know still <laughs> so that's not saying much it's, okay fine. it's not saying much exactly yeah that's interesting are there any action stars you would say have sex appeal oh i mean i think most i'm just thinking like through it like Okay, who are we gonna like if we pick a franchise or something? Absolutely anybody else in the cast of Fast and the Furious. All of them. Tyrese is hot, Ludacris is hot, the The Rock is hot, Statham's hot, and he's you know, they're all they all look good. All the villains are good. Like yeah, no, I mean I, I think that there are very specific people that it's just like, oh interesting. It's undeniable that like Nick Cage has like an on-screen presence that is like impossible to ignore and insanely watchable. So I'll give it that, but I don't think sex appeal is a part of it. <laughs> that's, 
That's interesting. I guess I yeah no. I guess I, I guess you're right. He's just sort of Cameron Poe in this movie. Just, yeah, which is fine. Yeah. Like yeah, because I mean I don't think it's a movie that was made for that. I think it was a movie that was made, you know, like for men. How do you how do you feel about guess. the entire subplot of insulin and then Baby O just gets shot? Well, you know they had to have you care about. I, I like how we don't like. It's just like immediately when we meet him. Also, he's like mopping the floor, which I could never figure out. But <laughs> it's like, oh, that's how we know we're supposed to care for him. This is my that's my favorite is, part. Yeah. yeah, my favorite part about this movie is like there are no ifs, ands, or buts. We're just going to show it all like right away if you think this guy is like cool or not cool. So you can make it make your way out through the movie. And then at the end, when we do like a little like, here's who everybody is in the movie. That's my favorite part, because I'm like, they're showing these people like they were all like, look at these, look at these like little scoundrels, but they're all like terrible criminals. <laughs> these little rapscallions. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's not guys. quite the, the predator ending where they were like smile at the camera. Yeah. Uh, I love that ending. Oh, my gosh. And, and listen, can we can we spend some time? We, we did it. But like, I really that's clever. Can we focus on it. this? Can we just no, like, it's clever. Like I, that? No, that's like is why. It in the script, did he ad lib it? What do you guys think? like? What is the uh, thing? Um, I'll look for the script. You guys. Okay. He shoots him. No, that's clever. Like, it's such a weird thing. Like, I feel like he prepares all of his lines. You know what Cyrus it's like though. You you know why it like is so funny because it's like when someone goes, um. Hey, I don't really want to do that. And someone goes, Me, I don't really want to do this. <laughs> like, that's, that's the energy. Like, the energy is like, no, that's clever. Or like, no, like, it's such a throwaway that's like so out of character. Or like, it's not funny and, ele- or it's not um like smart and elevated in the way that he's supposed to be, that it just, it comes across so funny. Yeah, that's right. Because okay. you, yeah. Oh, in, in, this, in, in the script, Baby says, that's right, clever, huh? And Cyrus's response is, perhaps. If having a bullet in your chest is clever. And he raised oh. his gun at Babyo and Poe's like, no! And then Cyrus shoots Babyo. Okay, the, what ends up in the movie is way better. <laughs> Wait, why is having a bullet in your chest clever? Yeah, it doesn't, that's weird. <laughs> well, no, is he saying you're you're being clever and now you're shot? Is that what he's saying? I think he's just picking up on a word Babyo said and, and using that in his retaliation. Yeah, you're stupid. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. You're no, stupid. you're stupid. <laughs> exactly. I know you are, but what am I? Yep. <laughs> I love it too. Like I love when guard Faison, Falzon just just short circuits him in the cage. He has no reply to him. Yeah, and then in this one, he's like, "No, that's him. he's like that's clever." So like we're watching Cyrus sort of. We're watching. Like, he has he has some some chips in the in his paint job. Like he, I, I can't think of a better term, but like he's. He's not almighty like Hans Gruber, I guess. He's he's a yeah, he's not as smart as he thinks he is. Yeah, he's I not, think that's it. Well, he's not. He doesn't like being bullied, does he? Like when Faison's too fast for him, he can't handle it. When when <laughs> when Baby O calls him a bitch, he he's, just, he's he's probably not used to that. Like imagine being a bully, then someone calls you that. You're like, wait, people don't talk to me like that. Like what? And then I guess you just thump him like. Cyrus does. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. Shoots him, yeah. What were his crimes again? Who? Cyrus. Oh, Cyrus. Uh, he's, he brags that he's killed more men than cancer. Uh, he. Oh, Cyrus. Uh, 
<laughs> he's like broken out of prison a bunch of times. He, he's done it all, is what they say. Is he's 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 done everything. Right. So he like he killed a bunch of people, went to jail, and then he was like. He killed some people in like a prison break or something, right? Like, is that why they can't, they say he's like the virus because they they can't stop him? Yeah, he just basically. spreads. Yeah. Okay. Malkovich, yeah, he just spreads his virus all over the place and you can't stop him. That sounds gross. Yeah, that does sound really gross. Also, I do appreciate Danny Trejo just hanging there during the entire. No scene. one's helping him. <laughs> no one's like everyone's like, oh yeah, the rapist is tied up. That's fine. We can yeah. leave him there. That's okay. It, and he's still acting too. If you watch him, he's like, oh, <laughs> he's doing a lot more than what he should, being hung up in the air like that. But yeah. I guess if you're Danny Trejo in '97 and you're standing next to John Malkovich and Ving Rhames, who are on like, just on fire at the time, you're gonna just, hey, this is better than prison, like real prison. I'll just hang here next to John Malkovich and listen to him deliver kind of not great dialogue, and I'll just sort of yeah. hang out, literally. Uh, so, Mark, you're a big fan of the extras dancing on the boat in Deep Blue Sea. Yeah. How do you compare that to the the cons dancing? Yeah. Oh, man. Ty Granderson-Jones, friend of the pod, he's crushing yep. it. I got to love his moves, and he pulls the cigar up. Like, he's he realizes he has some screen time. He's milking it. I absolutely think that uh, uh, Rinoli Santiago's crushing it. Just have, like, And then, like, Conrad's just chilling, sort of, not really okay. dancing too much. I Conrad's do appreciate... being awful. Conrad's spitting beer at one of the guards who's tied. Oh, yeah, he is. <laughs> and throwing a cigarette. I hate Conrad. He had a he had full a, unbreakable. He had a, uh, a like a little paragraph of dialogue in this chapter to get cut out. I'm kind of glad about that. I don't like him at all. And Emilio Rivera's <laughs> dancing like he's doing just fine. It's a good scene. It works. I remember laughing when I was 15 years old at Steve Buscemi delivering that line. Like, I didn't think about irony, but. It's rare when you have just a serial killer wearing a, a tiny baby head on his head and <laughs> making comments like that to a, a jacked up Nicolas Cage. So, yeah, that yeah. line actually really worked for me in 97. Well, in, in the script, uh, uh, Sally Can't Dance is supposed to be wearing uh, an Air Stewardess uniform that she'd found, <laughs> so, which they changed for the, to a dress. Uh, Where would you find I... that? <laughs> well, uh, yeah, that's that doesn't make any kind of sense because like, she would have found it on. Well, I guess they were an airport. They've just been at an airfield, so they might have been, but it's not really the kind of airfield where you would have. Yeah, this is what hanging around. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> yeah, it's an odd one. <laughs> I guess that works though, but you change that, like you don't need it. Yeah, it's it's well, it's fine this way. Yeah. Oh. I I love that Cyrus turns off the stereo with the gun. Yeah, I wrote that in my notes. Nice little moment. Yeah. I bolded that. That's some skill. Yeah. How many takes during that took? One. Yeah. Yeah, he's Malkovich. Do we think Dog, Diamond Dog, was down, was sent on a mission from Cyrus to rub through the boxes and try and find who the traitor was? Or he was just, he hadn't been down there yet to look through this stuff and and he was doing it again? Well, actually, he had, but he he went down there and found the sunglasses initially. So he's just down there going through the boxes again. Isn't the second time going through? I think there was just some downtime. So he was like, we'll see what we got going on down here. He's like, I don't like this song. I'll do something else. Yeah. <laughs> Till my jam comes on. Yeah. And then we <laughs> get the famous line at the end. Well, we're not not even there yet. Oh, yeah, got the, right, right. Like when 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 Dog gives Cyrus the letter, they both just look. They look at Poe and Poe looks back, and it's all like everyone knows. They they because they have to suspect Poe. They ha- like they have to. <laughs> it looks great. I am. I would think. <laughs> so when so 
So when Baby O like volunteers himself and takes the blame, does Cyrus believe that? Does he want to shoot a guy? I mean, he call him bitch. Like I feel like Cyrus is on a plane and yeah. he's Cyrus the virus. So you come at him like that on a plane and he's the leader of a bunch of cons. You got to take him out. Yeah. So uh, he, even though he knows that like, you were near death the entire time, like, you're dead. You were, you didn't do this, but you insulted me. So it's over. And he I knows know, it's Poe. I, I like that. Someone alerted all the authorities of Carson City. Someone informed him of our learn rendezvous. Someone even killed poor Billy Bedlam. This could all be a coincidence. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> No, and, no, then Steve a... Bush- and then Steve Buscemi was like, actually, it's ironic. The rest of the movie's them arguing it about whether it's ironic or not. Like, what's the Just definition? Well, you know like, what I want to talk about is the letter. So I really <laughs> this the daughter's letter. I love I love the this letter. Right. The repeating the date three times. The so, you know, it seems yeah. it seems like it was written by the the girl like a girl that age okay and every other correspondence we are to believe that this child is having with her dad is is like elevated beyond how i know how to write you know what i mean like it's like she's supposed to be like i think going into first grade and i'm like when did i learn how to read because she's like she's writing some novels in the beginning but she's she's eight years old but well but not when she starts correspondence no sorry at the time of this letter yeah, well, that's what I was going to say, is somehow I feel like her learning <laughs> has has somehow regressed, and now we are getting the letter that sounds like it would be written by an eight-year-old. Like, my dad is coming home on this day. My birthday is this day. I will see him on this day. It just cracks me up every time they read it. May, um, okay, maybe, maybe she didn't just write this letter this year. Maybe this is like, looking ahead, like, thought my daddy's going to be released on July 14th in four years. So she just didn't. She just left off the the, the oh, year. Oh, like maybe it's okay. All she right, wrote it in 1993. Yeah, that makes way more sense. Whoa, that's why it's so special. I've just hey. seen Jurassic Park. My daddy's coming home on July 4th. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or just Trisha. I don't know. Maybe she's just. Uh, that's a good point. Maybe Trisha just wrote the letters in the beginning as like a ghostwriter. But they have the they have a a young child narrate this. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Maybe, well, the, that's her, went... maybe she's good at voices. <laughs> <laughs> that's more like a positive. So when Cyrus, speaking of voices, when Cyrus reads out the the letter in little girl voice, that was a surprise to the rest of the cast. That wasn't planned. He he filmed it a few times, not reading it in that way, and then he did it in that way, and it's so great. That's funny. <laughs> It's, it, it does lead, like, I agree with the, the Matt Damon acting with Hibon Ralder's story of like, he's just, he's not a good actor. He just says things in a funny way to amuse himself. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, his accent in Rounders is crazy. Yes, yes it is. That's the a, a reason the movie works, though. But when he does that voice, it's just so, I wrote excellent reading. Like, it's so sarcastic and it's so just, yeah, it's, it's kind of scary and it's perfect. It's like, why you hire Malkovich? For this type of movie, he nails that reading. It makes me happy. He really does. And then why? Okay, so make a move and the buddy gets it. He's saying that to Poe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He yeah. Well, they still don't know that that's definitely Poe's box, or do they know that's Poe's box? That was a lot of rhyming. They still don't know that Poe's 
as the oh never mind they they must know that's Poe's box because that's how Billy Bedlam knew because yeah yeah so they yeah they know that the bunny is Poe the metal's in Poe's box this yeah. should not have been a mystery <laughs> who is who is this they've never got out of his bloody box what if Poe yeah. put everything in Viking's box <laughs> <laughs> no I didn't do it it's that guy the guy with the the, the tall guy he did it yeah I, I also I just read that when um. The cable was hooked around the pillar. This is in the previous chapter, and they shot it off. In the script, they didn't shoot it. Uh, Diamond Dog rushed out and unhooked it. It got back in the, on the plane again. <laughs> I don't know why I find that amusing. Just like Singray uh, <laughs> was just hopping off a plane and getting on just in time. Instead <laughs> of just having running. four guys shooting a concrete pillar to, to Swiss cheese. <laughs> That's no good. Uh, I don't know. Would, would Bing Rames be a good movie runner? Uh, not these days. You mean like physically? Say. Yeah, ninety-seven. Would you want to see him run? Uh, no. <laughs> he's, a, I mean, he's he's too muscle. You know, yeah, the, the, mu- the muscle guys can't run. Like, it's just funny. I'm not taking a shot at Dwayne Johnson, but there's a scene in the Fate of oh, no. the Furious. Oh, I when know. When he starts exactly. running away. <laughs> I know exactly the moment you're like that's that's like where you're like okay that's his weakness like like they need to exploit these things because like he. That's actually why I really like the the prison break because like you obviously one on one like Jason Statham is not going to be able to beat up the Rock but like the idea that like Statham is agile and like he's like brute force it's fun. Yeah, and the, he does do that weird slide though with the Rock and he bounces off the fence and lands I, on the ground. Another laugh out loud for me. <laughs> I love. I absolutely love that. I think it proves that in this world, the the fast world, cartilage is just much stronger. Yeah, there's a lot of things that aren't real. And <laughs> John Cena, uh, Jay, in um, uh, 12 rounds, his running, I love John Cena, but big guys, yeah. huge guys should not run. The big you guys kinda, can't run. You kind of want the Indiana Jones music to start playing when the from when the bowlers rolling. That's what it's like, <laughs> reminiscent of. <laughs> That's why I think Tom Cruise, Keanu Reeves, like Wesley Snipes, the lither guys are better at running. Yeah. yeah, I actually think even like the reason I know like Tom Cruise is so synonymous with it, but like just his everything about his build is more nat like he looks more natural running. Like I would even argue that like uh like Keanu Reeves is a little bit lanky. You know what I mean? Like he 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 can still do a run, but like nobody does it like a like a shorter athletic build like Tom Cruise. Yeah, he can run. He's that's got for it. sure. Yeah, he's got he's got that on lock. So he makes me tired when he runs. So you he know makes, what's good. Yes. Yeah. Who do you think's the best runner in the Con Air cast? Ooh, good question. Well we saw Sindino taking it across <laughs> the, the the airfield recently <laughs> to get to his plane. And he had a very T one thousand kind of robotic straight limbs run. Yeah. He was sprinting. Yeah, uh, I, I I mean, if we're going for the shorter guy, then I reckon Blade Tigranus and Jones might be a a decent runner. The guy with the cigar in this chapter. Yeah, uh, I can see that. I want to see Colmini do a running scene. Yeah, <laughs> like a Jason Bourne running scene with Colmini. Cusack did some good running. He's oh, wearing yeah. a giant. He's wearing a sail, so he's like yes. going to fight against that. Yeah. <laughs> Picked up in the wind, and just sort of. Yeah, you know what? I'm going Cusack because he's running in Berkey, Birkenstocks. He outran, too. yeah, he outran a plane wearing a giant suit of Birkenstocks. 
Yeah. I want, like, I want to see John Cusack play basketball. Because I feel like he could okay. dunk it. I feel like he would be okay at basketball. That's right? a weird a weird thing, but I, I totally understand what you're saying. Who wins, Sandler or Cusack in a game of, of 21? Uh, Sandler, probably. Oh. He knows how to play, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I, I guess I guess Cusack just has a lot athleticism because he's like a black belt in karate, but he doesn't have the form that Sandler does. Yeah. That's probably the most important question I've ever asked. Yeah. I'd say, yeah. It's a thinker for sure. <laughs> Do I like that the bunny is back in the box when when we raise one's letter? That's that makes me happy. Mm-hmm. And I also I also like that we just get we had a, a few of these in recent scenes. Just a shot of MC Ganey being a pilot. It's just like looking out a window, looking concerned as the plane takes off. And I just like to think they spent that's like an hour with him in the cockpit, just like, okay, look out the window this way, and then look, just look angry, look scared, okay, just do that. And they just those bits in when they needed them in the past few few minutes. Bird uh, attack. <laughs> he's, I mean, he's it's believable that he's flying a plane. I guess. He's just he's not. That's the only thing we get in this chapter is he's just there flying the plane. He's the pilot. That's what he does. So did you did you know that Sweet Home Alabama was like a a diss like a diss song, like a part of a, a beef a musical beef with Neil yeah. Young. Yeah, yeah. I I I wasn't aware of that. Uh, it's like the mildest feud in in music history, pretty much. Like Neil Young made the song Southern Man and Alabama, which allegedly accused all Southerners of being responsible for slavery. And Ronnie Van Zandt was like, no, no, and they released Sweet Home Alabama, where it's like. It's basically hashtag not all southerners is is what this song is. Oh, oh, it's got that. It's got that energy. But then Neil Young heard this song and thought about his lyrics and thought, yeah, you're right. My songs were a bit hard and a bit ambiguous, and so they were collaborating on they were on more music when the when the, uh, Neil Van uh, when Ronnie Van Zandt died. So it's like a real mild feud that they resolved and would have been they could have been albums together and stuff afterwards. I just find that like. Nice, I guess, apart from Limit Skinhead have way too many Confederate flags in all of their artwork from the liking. So that's gloss over that. I can move on. What do you mean? They have a lot of Confederate flags in on no, their like was, albums and things. I was joking. Okay. I, it's a bad it's a bad flag, Lindsay. I don't like it. <laughs> but yeah, it's nice to see a feud kind of like squash. Resolve. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like those two going cynical. to war would I'm, not be pretty. Yeah, I'm just like too cynical that all feuds are actually just orchestrated to like eventually have the collaboration in the end. Oh, is that why we're starting this? Like, a, we're gonna start a Fast and Furious feud on this show, and then we'll collab later. Exactly. On a Fast and Furious show. Yeah. No, I. And then just yell at each other for every episode. I <laughs> would love ratings. to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. See, that's what I'm saying. Like, people orchestrate feuds. I don't, that doesn't sound like fun to me though. I'd rather just like, chat with somebody for an hour as opposed to argue. So would I, but I mean, I'm talking I like celebrity feuds, but I oh, like okay. to de- I like to debate people too and argue, but that's why I like film podcasting because even if you have a very different opinion, nobody takes it personally, and at the end of the day, you're all buds, right. you know. Unless you're talking about the Leonard Skinner salt- flag, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or unless you hate Deep Blue Sea. No, actually, we have people who didn't like Deep Blue Sea, and I'm still good. Dear Valentine, yeah. he doesn't like Conair either. We're two they? for two. I guess. They? I guess when you become an adult, you realize that there's billions of people on this planet who are all different, and we all look at movies differently and watch them differently and at different times, exactly different situations. So when you get, you know, when you become 40 and someone disagrees with the movie thought about you, you're like, that's cool. 
It's all good. It's fine. Like, I guess but I was never like that when I was younger, though. I don't think I ever got annoyed at people for not liking a movie. I was never that movie guy. I mean, I like to fight about it, but I like in like a fun way. You know what I mean? Like, meaning like, I want you to explain to me why you like something. What'd you say? (laughs) (laughs) I like, I like hearing like when people are passionate about something, I want somebody to be able to like explain why, if that makes sense. So I enjoy hearing like a totally different perspective than my own. Maybe, maybe it won't change minds. Maybe it will change minds, but I like, I like it in a low stakes situation like this. It's the other day, so there's a movie Operation Fortune that came out, the Guy Ritchie movie, super breezy, um, like whatever. Yeah, Linda I, Gaw, is it? Yeah. I, I started I, watching it last night, but then I fell asleep, and then I was like, oh, I gotta, I gotta pick back up. Is it any good? Should I watch it? I mean, it's super breezy. It's like very okay. low stakes and just sort of pleasant. Like there's okay. nothing. It's it's Guy Ritchie light. It's just kind of nice. But like someone goes, like they, they message me like, do you really like that movie, or are you just joking? I'm like. <laughs> I was like, no, was it I, Justin? I, no, was Justin? I, I was like, I was like, you know, if you look at it in context, it's just a breezy spy caper and I'm cool with breezy sky spy capers. Like it's, you can't look like, like they're like, it's not as good as snatch. I'm like, yeah, but like, what is like, he came out of no, like that movie yeah. was huge. Like you, like that movie wasn't as good as Jurassic Park. Well, what is? So right. like, I, I think he just during the pandemic wanted to make a spy thriller yeah. and that's, has Aubrey Plaza and Bugsy Malone and that, uh, like, Hugh Grant being cheeky. Like, that's all I need. And a jet ski. So. Right. Repent. But yeah, I got to like, you didn't really like that. And I got a little annoyed by that. I'm not going to lie. I was very pleasant with my response, but my blood level rose a little. Like, my blood pressure rose. Not my blood level. That'd be weird. You get angry. You get more blood. <laughs> more blood. It's coming out everywhere. Mark just exploded. But yeah, no. no. Someone did say that to me. Did they they say it meaning like, oh, you couldn't possibly have actually liked this movie? Like, yeah, you, like. The like movie, that was the reading? Yeah, like, this movie sucks, is what they're saying. Like, you didn't really like it, did you? You were just being sarcastic. Oh, my goodness. God, it's like, it's just, you know, I'm just sitting there eating a cookie, and I get this message. Just, it's just wrecking my cookie. Yeah. That's it's like not... in Pitch Perfect when they wrecked the taste of that guy's beer by their singing. <laughs> I, did not, I did not remember that part at all. No, I've it's seen like, that film a bunch of times. I don't remember what you're talking about. This guy, he goes, he goes, they're making my beer taste bad. <laughs> That's a very that's like one of those like very tiny lines that like you remember and it cracks you up and I just I totally forgot that line. Yeah, I don't know why that hit on me so hard, but I like that line. It was good. Perhaps I've been in some terrible bands that probably have made beer taste terrible, so I can relate. Yeah, I get you. No Skinner covers though, Jay. No, it's good to hear. No, no, Free Bird's been done enough, I think. Uh, I just I've, I've got it paused on everyone's reactions to Cyrus having shot Babyo and like uh, Joint Twenty Three is woken up and looks terrified. Uh, Diamond Dog looks like annoyed and and angry, and uh, Viking is just like looks like the dumbest person in the world. He looks like he's all about it, doesn't he? Doesn't Viking kind of like well? Oh yeah, that look, Jay. You're right. He looks he looks like he's been partaking in some substances. Uh, just, he's just not present in this situation. I, I, at at two ten, if you have the clip, I yeah, that's exactly where I am. Moment. I just want this to be my wallpaper on my uh, computer now. <laughs> just a really angry John Malkovich looking at me. <laughs> Good sweat work in the back by uh, Connor. Who's getting the sweat bucket award, Jay? I think I think it could still be Conrad. We give uh, Lindsay. We give the, the sweat bucket award to the sweatiest person in each in each chapter. Yeah, I mean that film. It's got to be a tough call each 
It often is. Uh, I mean, it's been Babio for most of them, but he's fine now. That he had some very fast working insulin because he is up and ready to go. Yeah, he was. <laughs> he was sweating this movie. So like, Paige is 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 pretty sweaty. Conrad is like still sweated through his. He's got a long sleeve, athletic grey top on, so it's just sweat is going to be all over him. It's so not think, a great. It's not a gray top. It was once white. Then it, then it's definitely he's got yeah. a, a light coating so, of sweat everywhere and a heavy coating yeah. of sweat down his chest. So yeah, Conrad <laughs> still gets it then for this one, I think. Uh, and we have twelve cons in the air in this scene. We're still still at twelve cons in the air, uh, which is something I'm keeping track of. That number will there's go down. N- soon. There's no sweat on Garland Green, Jay. He's uh, well, there's he's, no perspiration. Yeah, he's uh, uh, juror number three, four. I mean, the one who doesn't sweat in Twelve Angry Men. One of the gloves. E.G. Marshall. Uh, uh, good. Well, Lindsay, did you have any more thoughts on on this scene or Conair as a whole? I feel like we went through most of my notes, but it, the movie's so fun. Like it's, I mean, it's a classic. Obviously, you guys are doing minute by minute. There's a lot to talk about. There couldn't be a better movie to talk about scene by scene. Conair, I think. Yeah. Or hey, about... Oh, that is my actual, my only other note I didn't mention on here is that I drew, for my notes, I wrote Conair and then I drew a little plane and I realized that because I do not know how to draw, the when I draw a plane, it kind of also looks like a shark. Oh. Nice. So, that's that's the mashup we need. That's, yeah. I just the bring it all together. Yeah. <laughs> Can you draw that and we'll use it as a new logo? Oh, heavens no. <laughs> we'll merge two podcasts <laughs> together. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you for for joining us, Lindsay. Do you have anything you want to plug? No, just you know, no. Everyone say hi to Ellie in the background. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Can you hear her? My apologies. Yeah, it's fine. I'll mute. <laughs> You're okay. Uh, great. Dogs well, I mean, are welcome. It, mine are often. Yeah. Finish uh, <laughs> um, the Sunday. Any plans? Anytime soon. You really put me on the hot seat. Um, I mean, like I, to... I, I asked the same thing to Jess and Nick when they were on, and the answer was always yes, yeah, soon. Is that what happens. they say? That's, they're cute. They're so cute of them. I'm glad they're saying that. We're we're trying. We're we definitely are trying. Je- Jess was on Deep Sea Soul at the Lighthouse recently, and she was like, "Would would I promise episodes this year?" I was like, "Yeah, you said that like the past two years." <laughs> yeah, I started listening to that episode, but I ha- I haven't seen the movie, so I had to pause. Oh, I think you you'd enjoy the Lighthouse. Uh, yeah, I have every intention. I just you know, I was like, I missed it when it came out, so I'll get around. A lot of great farts. Yes. Oh William wow. Defoe. William Defoe well, now, farting up a storm. I think that Willem Dafoe. Oh, I don't want to start a fight at the end of the podcast. All right, let's let's wrap it up. <laughs> okay. What? I'll tell you after air. Okay. I want to hear it. We, let's put it on air. Yeah, and let tell us now. Listeners, mull it over, and then we I don't can... know. I don't know if this is true or not. And this this became like a a thought in my head when I was like trying to figure something out. It's a long story. Like I was, it was like a puzzle, and I was like, oh, who's this actor? And I was like trying to figure it out. But is, like, Willem Dafoe and John Malkovich actually, like, terrible actors, but they just are, like, just weird enough that you are, like, oh, no, they're actually good actors? Does this make sense to you guys? Have you watched Florida Project? I have not seen that, so that is... He's, like, super normal in that one, Dafoe. Do you think he's good in it? Yeah, like, he's... Like, like some, you know, you know, sometimes you can get by on like being Willem Dafoe or yeah, Malkovich. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like this one's, he's another dude okay, in that cool. movie. So right. I, I think that's 
one to watch if you're. What's, what's Malkovich's most normal performance? I genuinely can't think of one. Most normal performance. Like uh, his most like his everyman role. Like in Red, he's an he's gnarly. He's 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 like uh, got PTSD in Red. He's off his rocker a little bit. Yeah, and we cannot say rounders. Can't say rounders. Can't say rounders. Not being John Malkovich. Say, no, definitely not. Not in the line of fire. Not of mice of men. <laughs> like, has he done a, a role where it's like, yeah, like I, I could go, go for a drink with him? Not he did a sort. movie with Tyrese called Rogue Hostage, but I haven't seen that. Like Bird Box, maybe, but he's barely in it. Yeah, I don't remember him too much in that. He's in Deepwater Horizon. He's, yeah, he has, that's playing a, a real person, so I guess you could say that one. Yeah. Uh, Warm so Bodies? Maybe. He's the kind of dad? Yeah, he's pretty... He's not, like, normal, but he's, like, not... He's not too wild in that. He's, like, Dadkovich? Yeah, so not Burn, Burn After, after reading. reading? No, no, no I can't remember. Burn After Reading. I genuinely can't remember who he plays in Burn After Reading. He's uh, Oswald... Uh, I mean, I see the name. I just don't know what okay. he's doing. I love Oswald, when he pops uh, Brad Pitt in the face. <laughs> yeah, he, he's the guy who... He's, he's looking for his, his like, disc, his... his Memoir. Oh, oh, yeah, I remember now. Okay. And Knock Dad, which has been Weasel in guys. it. Yeah, and so he's a gangster. And Knock Guys, and he likes to just eat food and drink wine. So, like, if you're not worried about maybe owing the mob money, you could hang out with him. He plays Javert in the TV show of Les Mis. That sounds like an odd casting. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to say, oh, he's in The Glass Menagerie. That's a really good adaptation. That's not dangerous I, liaisons. I'm gonna go with the 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 one where not dad. You know what? I'm gonna do warm bodies because I just want to talk, have him talk about fortifying a city from zombies. That's like my okay. life dream. I'm gonna so, say yeah. he's he's never played normal. <laughs> That's what he's he's tried every project he's done to be like a normal person and failed every time. Normal ish. <laughs> Is this how normal people talk? <laughs> <laughs> I gotta watch Rogue Hostage now, which is a weird word for like it's him and Tyrese, and they're in a movie together. That sounds like a film you should have seen by now, Mark. I'm disappointed. And Michael Jai White's in it. I do well, love Tyrese. You should yeah, be watching this man. now. We hungry. <laughs> Pockets ain't empty, cuz. Okay, and Defoe, I I mean I haven't seen the Forge Project, so I guess I'll have to take your word for these normal and that. All right. Lindsay, uh, yeah. Defoe, Malkovich, the stars of Too Fast, Too Furious. I, wa- I would watch them, obviously. My, my, my question is, like, they're definitely, they're both watchable, sure. But, like, yeah. are they actually, like, good actors? Do you know what I mean by this? <laughs> I, I get what you're saying, yeah. Um, I'm being, like, a little facetious, but, like, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like, are they actually little you know what I'm saying? Send us a message, everyone, if you hear this, and let us know, and we'll read yeah. them out during the episode. And I'm like, I'm not taking a side. I'm just saying, I'm like, I'm just posing a question. I'm just putting it out there. Okay. I, I feel like Defoe I'm team is, he, He's oddly normal in Aquaman. He's like a, a strangely oh, normal yeah. guy. But this is what I, okay, but you're illustrating my point is that when he's normal in these things, I don't remember. I don't remember anything about the performance. Do you get what I'm saying? Watch yeah. the Florida Project. Okay, I will okay, certainly totally. watch that, because that has been on a, a watch list. So. Yeah, because then he's really warm and nice. And okay. Just, he's very Florida in it. I grew up in Florida, and I just I feel like I know that movie. And he okay. seems like a Florida dude. Cool. All right. Okay. 
that's a good recommendation. I will definitely watch that. All right. He's a normal guy inside man as well. Anyway, uh, Mark, any plugs? Yeah, just uh, oh, uh, Nick, Nick Rehack, the member of or part of the French Toast Sunday crew. He and I recorded an episode about movie posters that feature movie characters in terrible predicaments. So he picked three movie posters. I picked three movie posters where the characters are certainly going to die. And we just chatted about it for 50 minutes. And I would say about 17 minutes of it is laughing. But the other 33 minutes are pure gold. So, yeah, it, listen to that. Uh, movie Sons of Flicks. It is the next podcast in my queue. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, listen, you could go and listen to Mark and I run Deep Blue Sea, the podcast. Lindsay was on for a chapter of Deep Blue Sea, and she was on to talk about Ghost Ship. Uh, a wonderful episode, a wonderful film, a wonderful scene of people being cut up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll have to get you back on again sometime soon for some other film that you want to talk about. Uh, yes, please. And you can read the occasional things that I write over at lifevsfilm.com and hear me hosting Lampity over on the Lampcast once a month. Uh, uh, the Lampcast over there, doing that. Movie trivia, fun times. So great. Thank you once again to our guest, Lindsay. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Street for Chapter 33 of Connor. I have been Jay Clewitt. I'm Mark Hoffmeyer. Come back next week or the bunny gets it. Sigh. Anora. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.